Ivan knows best. Man, welcome back, welcome back, welcome back, man. Ivy knows best. Oh, bro, we are here. We tired, but we here. <laughs> All right. Been a busy week. However, I'm here for y'all. Thank y'all very much for having me. As always, come on in, have a seat, kick it with your boy, man, so we can, you know, get off some of these conversations or whatever uh, right quick. So I was talking to my homeboy. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, uh, actually, hold on, hold on. Before we get, before we get started, before we get started with that, I want to say thank y'all very much for listening, and thank y'all very much for giving me time to get this stuff off my chest, man. Because I know, you know, it's a large part of what I do. A large part of my, uh, my, my self therapy is kicking it with y'all, talking to y'all. So, uh, I was talking to my homeboy, all right, <clears throat> and we had a conversation, and I was telling him, I said, you know, I feel like. I don't know somebody out here ain't, ain't gonna mess with me about this. They they ain't gonna like what I'm saying, but it, but it's real, right? I said there's married people, right? I said but people don't marry for love no more, right? As I feel like like this current generation isn't taught to marry for love, and you know he's like ah oh, man I disagree I disagree I disagree. I said bro look listen I said if this generation as I I really feel like a lot of married people after a certain amount of time are just married for convenience. They marry because they're scared to get out there. They marry because, you know, they're, they're unhappy and they're there, right? And he was, oh, man, I don't know how true that is. What about people who have been married 30, 40, 50 years? Or so? I'm not talking about them. They've already picked their person. They're going to spend the rest of their life when they're going to die with that person, all right? Like, that's just the real. They're going to spend their, they're gonna spend their time. They're going to live and die with that person they've been with for the last 50, 60 years. That's just what it's going to be for them. But that's also what they were taught back then. You know, we're taught something completely different. So um, I think that we have a lot, pardon me, we have a lot to um, to unpackage when it comes down to that conversation. But, you know, nonetheless, so I was explaining to him, I said, look, dog, listen, check this out. If people were marrying for love, marriage, marriages wouldn't end as often as they do, right? And then he asked me, who's at fault for this? And I said, the the two people having the conversation <laughs> like what like what kind of are you so is it what are males or females responsible for this i said big dog i can't tell you if it's male or female who's responsible for what because truth be told i think that a lot of what we got going on in today's climate whether it be uh you know dating wise or what or whatnot really is kind of a 50 50 ordeal you know what i'm saying like women come in not wanting to uh, deal with certain things and men coming to a situation wanting certain things or not wanting to deal with certain things as well. So as I think it's really 50, 50. So he goes, nah, bro. Nah. See if men just stop cheating, I said, whoa, 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 whoa. Now look, cheating is wrong. Okay. Nobody's saying cheating. Nobody's, I mean, whatever you choose to do with your life, you do, but no one's out here saying I'm not okay in cheating. Not in any situation I'm in. I don't think cheating's okay, but at the same time, I was like, a man cheating is not the reason why 50% of marriages end in divorce. 50% and I told myself, I feel like 50% of marriages end in divorce because people aren't happy. Period. But at the same time, at the same time, um, being someone who's made a mistake in my own personal life, I understand the importance of taking your time to get to know people. Because what happens is when you don't get to know somebody and you start, you know, marrying them and all this other stuff or dating them or saying they're the one there's so much that needs to be unpackaged about that person that you probably don't know right so <clears throat> i was telling him i said man nah bro like cheating can't be the reason why 50 percent of these marriages are ended i said i just think that 
everybody comes into a marriage wanting certain things. And if you're on a different page with the, with a person and you want something completely different than what they want, then that's where you're going to get that issue. That's where you're going to have that problem. That's why a lot of them end. And on top of that, today's society is superficial as hell. People get divorced because their wife got fat or because their husband got fat. Man, look, I'm I'm one of these people. If you know, if you carry my children and you got fat from having my kids, baby, that's the most beautiful, most sexy thing I can ever think of in my life. Okay, because you gave me something I couldn't give myself. That's the, I feel like that's the highest. That's like the highest honor, the biggest gift, the best thing a woman can give a man is 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 his child, is his child. And I think that once that happens, you do got to kind of understand that that woman is going to be forever in your life, one way or another, right? So I mean. There's no way that, you know, we can look down upon that. But I think that a lot of times because the world's so superficial, we kind of cancel that type of stuff out and we stop caring. So uh, nonetheless, good times, good stuff. So, you know, we kind of went round and round, almost went down a little rabbit hole with it. But I kind of broke it down to him. I said, I don't really care what the reason is for divorce. I really don't. It's none of my business. They're going to do what they want to do anyway. I just know this at the end of the day we still don't have married married type people like people aren't conditioned for marriage anymore like they used to be i feel this is what i feel this is my personal feeling y'all can rock with me or not i don't care but i don't think a lot of people are conditioned for marriage all the time especially when they're when they are getting married or at the time that they're getting married maybe they're conditioned for it later on in life maybe you know 40 50 years you know maybe 40 at 40 years old they can get married maybe 36 37 i don't know but a lot of times um, people just really get comfortable in their own space and want to do their own thing. But I don't think that we should really be judging, you know, judging that, uh, off, off of, um, uh, we shouldn't be really judging them based off the fact that, you know, that we think that they're married because they're in love. Yeah. They, they can truly be in love when they get married. I personally feel like you should get married if you're in love, but I don't think that today's society is built for marriage and love. That's what I don't, I don't believe that at all. I don't believe it. I, I mean, I don't care what nobody says. People are like, yeah, they exist. Okay, cool. Go ahead and show it to me. Show it to me. Don't and don't point to no rich person either. Don't point to uh, don't point to Russell and Sierra. No, don't point to none of them because there there's millions of reasons why they should be together. And I'm not saying it's money solely, but I think that makes things a little bit easier for them to put up with each other. I'm talking about you and me, us regular folks, the nine to fivers. Those of us who ain't got millions of reasons to stay with somebody. So as soon as she makes you mad, you fell out of love. Or he makes you mad, you fell out of love. We ain't, that's what we talking about. You know what I mean? We talking about those people. But I think that we don't have that. Uh, that's really never, like, like, that's not, that hasn't been a thing in a while. Like, you know what I mean? Every time I listen to music, I, and I'm not, I'm not pointing out Cardi B solely, but I, I was listening to her song up and I listen, I like that song. That song jam. The beats hard. You know, maybe her lyrics ain't really all that great, but, <laughs> that song is a song you feel me I, you know put that song on you work out do whatever you finna do ride down the road bop to it whatever you about to do but at the same time there's a point in that song where she says broke dudes don't deserve no no coochie you know what i'm saying like and i was telling my homeboy so when you think about it as i'm not, I'm not and i'm not just saying her because we can go on the dude side too but we're just gonna focus on her because that's the thing she said i'm not knocking her for saying it but when when she's she might be just telling her truth right but there's people out here who got to live that right and they don't know the difference between okay i got to go out here and i got to navigate the dating scene that's full of broke men right or that might not be full of men who make the money that i want them to make 
So I feel as if this person isn't deserving of me or deserving of my of my time or my character. Right. Which is cool, which it might not just be your coochie, but it might legit be you saying he don't deserve your time or he don't deserve your presence or whatever it may be that you're offering him. Right. So I was explaining to my homie, I said, bro, look, her saying that is one thing because she's making music and it's just music at the end of the day to her. It's going to make her money. It might even be a piece of her truth. But imagine being a woman who's making twenty to $30,000 a year. And you think, you know, that's all you that's all you have to be. You know, that's all you got to do. And you look at a man who's making the same amount as you and you're saying that. That's the problem. You feel me? I, said, I told him, I said, back in the day, Jody C had a song called Cry For You. They had a song called Forever My Lady. Keith Sweat had a song called Make It Last Forever. None of those songs exist no more. They don't exist anymore. Okay? Like, like that's gone. That's over. You know what I mean? The the, the adoration and praise of 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 a of of a uh of a counterpart or a mate isn't the the norm. You're now taught that you don't need each other, which I think is like the worst thing you could really be taught. Right? So I said, man, that's the reason why this is going like this. So uh, I said, you know, shout out to all the people who are actually being married and doing their thing. But I don't think that's necessarily uh, the move for everybody. Right. Right. So I was like, not everybody wants to be married all the time. So, you know, we agreed to disagree. But I just thought that was a cool conversation that we had. And just to kick the show off with a little warm up. You know, that's what that's what we was on. Now, on the on the uh, other things. Right. So here's what I've been doing. Right. Been chilling lately, taking care of my kids and, you know, doing my thing. And uh, I was talking to my daughter, my 13 year old daughter. She's about to be 14. And I said, sweetheart, you know, uh, what kind of music do you listen to? And she was telling me the kind of music she listened to. I said, great. Music is amazing. All right. Music is an amazing tool. And I said, take what I'm about to tell you as advice. Don't take it as dad doesn't like the kind of music you choose. Now, my daughter likes rock and roll. That's right. My 13 year old daughter likes rock and roll. She doesn't like country. R&B is OK. She likes some hip hop, but she doesn't really like she's something she really doesn't like a lot of the staple uh, music that is in black culture. Now, me, I was surprised. I was like, what? What do you mean? I'm like, like, you know, she likes Green Day, Blink 182, you know, a lot of punk rock. And I'm not mad at it because I listen to a little bit of everything. So I make sure I, I kind of keep myself uh, you know, open to all those things because we gotta remember something. I was born in 1989. I grew up in 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 the 90, the late 90, 2000 era, where a lot of these acts that she's listening to now existed and have existed for quite some time and have continued. But I told her, I said, "Hey, I said, there's no way, right?" And I, because uh, my eight year old said, "You know, Oriana knows a lot about," which is my my 13 year old name. My 13 year old's name is Oriana. She goes, "Oriana knows." A lot of about a lot about bands from the eighties or, or music acts from the eighties. I said, Oh, for real? That's what name me some. So she starts naming them. She gets about to like the fourth, you know, group or person and it's like legitimately all these punk rock groups that, that didn't have any uh there weren't any black people in it. All right, let's just keep it real. She wasn't like naming Hootie and the Blowfish or nothing like that, but she was like, you know, Green Day, you know, this person there's like there's a bunch of just, you know, real Billy Eilish, that kind of ordeal. And I said, Well, Billy Eilish really isn't you know, uh, from that time frame, but okay, go ahead. Right. Whatever. Go off. So she ends up telling me, well, dad, I don't really, you know, know many hip hop artists between, you know, 
2000, 2009, I said, listen, sweetheart. I said, you're not going to, I, I understand you, you were, you know, you were born in 2007. So, you, you know, there's a lot that you don't know about that time. But I'll tell you this. You can't skip over 50 Cent. You can't skip over Lil Wayne. You can't skip over Jay-Z. You can't skip over Kanye West. You can't skip over uh, DMX. You can't skip over a lot of these individuals who had number one hits and number one albums. And, you know, Outkast. You can't skip over any of these guys uh, that during the 2000s, between 2000 and 2009, they made a hell of an impact on not on my childhood for sure, but on music, on music as a whole, you know. And then I kind of started thinking about it. Now, I won't lie to you. I live in a uh, predominantly white neighborhood. Okay. Uh, my, my kid goes to school and majority of the kids at her school are, are uh, mixed. I mean, there's nothing wrong with this. They're mixed kids or they're white. And I asked her, I said, well, well, sweetheart, I don't want you to. And I told her this. And I, now I want y'all to come on, rock with me here. All right. You, I'm going to keep it real with y'all. I said, hey, look, you know, I feel like you might be the token black girl in your crew. Like, I really think this. Now, this might be a real weird way of thinking, but I thought this about my, I was asking my daughter, I said, you know, I started asking like the, the real dreaded question, you know, how many black friends do you got? Because like, she just like, you know, I saw, I looked at her playlist and she was listening to Machine Gun Kelly and I was like, oh, no, you got, you, nothing wrong with Machine Gun Kelly, a very talented individual, but come on now. You know, I'm thinking she's listening to his rap music, but she's like, no, nah, I'm just listening to his rock album. So I was like, okay, well, my baby likes rock music. So be it. But I do want to make sure that my daughter culturally um, was, was culturally adapted, you know, because I, I want to I want to explain. So you're going to grow up in this world of black woman. You're going to die a black woman. You know, like that's just what's going to happen. You're going to grow up. You're going to live and you're going to die all a black woman. So I didn't know if, if my daughter had uh, had completely abandoned the idea of black culture. And I'm not just saying she has to like hip hop because she's black, but I'm saying there has to be some element of your people that you identify with when it comes down to, to big things such as music and or film or art or whatever it may be. There's something that you're going to lean to. Right. But then she said, I don't see color. I just like the music I like. I said, all right, cool. Fine, 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 fine. I don't want you to see color. I said, but I want you to understand this. I was like, I guarantee you a lot of your favorite uh, rock bands or rock or, or rock artists or musicians listen to hip hop at one point. Every single one of them are somehow or were somehow influenced by the Tupacs and Biggie Smalls of the world. Now, I told my kid, I said, kid, you know, we play all these. I mean, when we're in the car, whether it's me or her mother or just me or whatever the case is, or all of us together. I'm playing Biggie Smalls. I'm playing UGK. I'm playing Tupac. I'm playing the Isley Brothers. I'm playing. Mean, I'm playing all these people. I mean, I don't play R. Kelly, even though I think, you know, he had a whole lot of hits, but. You know, you can't have that. You can't play him right now. But, you know, if, if that was still cool, then, yeah, sure, I'd play a little R. Kelly for him. But, I mean, nonetheless, I play all these different artists, and I play them from a certain time frame because, you know, uh, that's the time frame I'm used to. You know what I mean? I'm used to putting on a Lil Wayne song, and Lil Wayne raps for, for four to five minutes. You know, that's not – even though that's not the musical format right now, but that's what I'm used to seeing. So, uh, nonetheless, I play it for my kids. And, you know, sometimes she just puts in her headphones, she just kind of ignores it. You know how kids are, because I figure out to like, you know, look at her like, well, she's a teenager. But now I'm starting to realize that maybe my daughter, I thought I was thinking this, maybe my daughter is just like disconnected from the things that I like. 
right? And I, I didn't think of it more from a cultural standpoint of what she's saying or what her friends are saying, but I started kind of thinking that a little bit. So I had to kind of step back and start checking myself as a self. Come on, now, as a kid, she's 13, you know. She's, she's not going to necessarily like what you like when you want her to like it. She'll like it when she's ready and or she just doesn't like it, right? But it started bringing me back to something that was being said. Uh, and Because I, I broke this off, broke this down to her. I said, man, it's crazy that the people have appropriated culture, right? There's people who have appropriated culture or taken culture and they've made it their own, right? They, they've, they've made it their own. Then they turn, you know, turn the people that they stole the culture from off. They turn them off to the thing that they stole. So now it really becomes their thing, right? And I was telling her, I said, rock and roll music was actually created by a black person, right? And I was like, so... I was like, I don't, but I don't hear a lot of reverence for him. Now I'm not, I'm not making this whole black and white thing, but I'm also not going to be politically correct about it either. Right. I was like, and yeah, we can look throughout history and see tons of things that have been stolen. us, but we're talking about music here. I was like, we can look at hip hop music as it is and really see that the people who are involved in it aren't the richest people, the people who run the labels, you know, which I mean, obviously the big time labels that have been established for, you know, 20, 30, 40 years have been ran majorly by, by, uh, by other than blacks. So I'm explaining this to my daughter. My, I realized my daughter kind of disconnected with the conversation and I said, okay, cool. I said, we're just off the back of black history month. And I feel like my child hasn't learned anything about her history or about her people. So I was like, allow me to help you. All right. So immense me helping my daughter, my daughter completely turns off. And I was like, let me just not talk to the kid anymore about this. Cause she doesn't understand it. Right. And this is just me telling you what my woes is, woes is as a parent, right? And I realize that dealing with a teenage girl, there's so much that goes into raising them, okay? All right? All right, there's so much. I, I mean, I, my son isn't a teenager yet. He's only six. But I can only imagine what that's like. But I, I've dealt with teenage boys quite a bit. And I feel like teenage boys are a little bit easier to kind of navigate as far as what they're into and what they're not. But when dealing with a teenage daughter, it's like all emotional. So, uh, you know, I sat down with the kid and I was like, man, do you really feel like I'm trying to like push this on you? And then she was like, yes, yeah. like, I just want to like, I want to like what I want to like. I said, all right, fine. As a human being, you do have a right to like what you want to like. I said, but you're going to get a lesson and you're going to get a lesson in music today. So I said, hey, listen, I want you to go listen to the following album. So I gave three albums to listen to. All right. I gave her uh, 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die Trying. That's that's a must. All right. I gave her uh, Kanye West's uh, My uh, Twisted Dark Fantasy. And I also gave her Marvin Gaye's What's Going On, right? Or Trouble Man, I'm sorry. Trouble Man, I believe. Was it Trouble Man? Uh, it was one of Marvin Gaye. I was, can't, can't recall off the top of my head. But I definitely wanted to see, you know, I want to see how my daughter comes back with her view of music now. You know what I mean? Because I do want want her to be open to everything. I mean, I, I don't want her to really not like all types of music. But I do feel as if there is a time frame for my daughter to learn certain things you know what i mean and i don't want her to spend majority of her time or majority of her life being um being roped in as the 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 chick that they point to that people point to when they ask how many black friends do you got and she's oh i got three black friends and she's one of the three <laughs> you know what i mean even though i don't think that she, they're that they're growing up in that kind of society right now but in reality, I just I kind of don't want that for my kid. Now, you could probably say I'm a little I'm a little I'm being a little over the top about it. It's just music. She can like what she wants. Yeah, sure. But at the same time, I do want my daughter to um, 
to to like some of the same things I like. I want I want to identify with my kid, right? So like there be there's days where we're on the road, we're on the road and I'm playing like UGK or something. And I pause the song at a certain point. I'm like, "Hey man, did you hear what he said right there? This is what this means." And I break it down to my kid. And she'll just like kind of like, oh, "Okay, yeah, not her head and just like, "Oh right, yeah, whatever. I'm not I'm not really into that dad." But, you know, I realized that by me spending that kind of time with her and, and breaking her into it, I'm slowly but surely seeing that she may or may not, uh, you know, either A, want it, period, or B, she's just saying that so she can connect with her dad. And either way it goes, I'm going to be happy with my kid. I just want to make sure that, you know, my kid is culturally um, is culturally well-rounded. I mean, the last thing you want to do is not be able to identify with your own struggle, to identify with what's going on with you and your people. You know what I mean? Even though, yes, music is a voice of that at times. But, you know, sometimes obviously the news is another thing and, and, you know, your parents are another thing. But then life is the thing. Right. Life is the thing that's going to teach you everything that you need to know. So. But, yeah, that was my bit on that. And, uh, you know, hopefully, I don't know, maybe I'm maybe I'm handling it differently. Maybe I need to maybe I just need to like have a podcast with me and her to sit down. And we talk and we, you know, kind of go over these things. I don't know. I'll probably have her on as a guest one of these days, but. Um, I for sure have been having a great time now <clears throat> a little last bit I've had um, I've been uh, involved in you know quite a bit of things you know what I mean dealing, dealing, dealing with everything from uh, pardon, pardon my phone there dealing with everything from uh, obviously the the freezing of Texas and things like that you know I went through that whole ordeal you know but what I've learned to do uh, even with that is I learned that there's a dependency problem that we have, okay? Uh, just as a people, just being real right quick, even though this is quite some time ago, I think that the dependency problem that we have as people is that we are dependent solely on all these man-made things, right? Like, like if I took, and, and this is fine, it's fine to have a dependency, okay? We know for a fact you need water and air and all these things to have a comfortable life, but I realized that if someone decided to snatch these things from us, you know, what do we do? What do we really know how to do? You know, so. Um, so when I, what I would definitely am going to start taking my time to do uh, is learning, A, how to hunt, B, what to do, you know, what to do if I do run out of these resources, and C, what happens if I live in a place that doesn't have the best Internet. Because right now I live, I live off farmland. So, you know, if you live anywhere in Texas, anything says FM, you know. You living off of farmland. So, you know, when when the grid goes down, things go down, that happens. So I'm not going to be a conspiracy theorist to get too deep into it, but I do realize that there is a need to uh, to definitely sharpen our uh, our regular humane skills and go back to doing things like fishing and hunting on our own. So, you know, when things like that happens or, you know, you know we, we're, out, we're actually sustainable on our own. Now, other than that, I'm glad we took time to get this crap off my chest. <laughs> All right, let me not say crap, but let, you know, took time to get this off my chest. But I definitely had a good time today. This therapy session was amazing. Thank y'all very much for kicking with me. As always, y'all keep grinding. All right, keep getting y'all money. Keep leading with love. You know, doing all that. Also, uh, I want to wish a happy birthday to anybody who had a birthday in February. Uh, it's my little brother Jordan, my homeboy Elijah Dickens. Uh, if I'm missing anybody, I'm sorry. Uh, obviously we're in March. My birthday's coming up on the 16th. Um, 
let me see who else. I know Mike Edmonds' birthday is coming up. A few other people's birthdays are coming up, man. Um, but I definitely want to wish all y'all happy birthday, man. I'll be back to y'all next week, man. Definitely probably going to kick off something cool with uh, with one of my partners from um, from this podcast group I'm a part of. So we're going to do, do some major things, man. We ain't going to keep y'all waiting for too much long, all right? As always, man, it's Ivy Knows Best, and I'm out.